I think most people had him in the second round. And for him to have a 4-3-1, uh, I think you're going to see him probably jump up into the late first round. Uh, that's around, I think that's exactly the same time Curtis Samuel had two years ago there. So uh, tremendous for him. It's actually a hundredth of a second better than Denzel Ward, who was the number four overall pick, although at a different uh, position, obviously. So I think that uh, very exciting for him. Uh, McLaurin, you know, anything under 4-4 on that track is just outstanding. So I think that uh, those three guys in particular uh, really helped themselves. Johnny Dixon, they had no expectation he was going to run a 4-4-1, and yet he's right there with those guys. So, uh, you know, he says he, he believes all of his health issues are behind him. So somehow he's found a cure for whatever it was that uh, – was holding him back his first two or three years at Ohio State. And now, uh, you know, you think about some of the games he played this past season, like Maryland, where he basically put the team on his back and made one great catch after another. Man, he could have an NFL career. And I don't think there were a lot of people who thought that was going to happen. So, uh, Mike Weber, another one, sub 4-5. Uh, that's pretty awesome for him. And, uh, a lot of people talking about everything he did at the Combine was a plus for him. So I'm having a hard time finding one that really had a setback other than the obvious, Kendall Sheffield uh, injuring his pectoral. But um, what sucks for him is he really needs to go in there and run the 4-3-1-40. That I think a lot of people thought he'd be down around that same range as Campbell and show that speed, you know, to the NFL. But, uh, you know, I guess he'll uh, he'll have to go through, I presume, surgery just like Billy Price did and rehab. And, uh, you know, he's not going to be running with uh, with all that kind of lingering. So uh, I'm fortunate for him. Yeah, no question about that. It worked out well for Billy. Not that no one thought Sheffield was going to be a first-round pick anyway, but Billy, it didn't hurt him at all. He, he, they, a lot of people had him projected like as a late first-round pick. Some thought he might slide in the second round. The Bengals took him in the first round. So I think Sheffield, um, I still think he's going to be like a fourth-round pick or something like that, maybe even third because people know he can run really fast. He just His ball skills are not good, though. Like There's so many times you know, Dan Rubin's <laughs> talked about this on the Bucknuts Morning 5. He, he's lost count. Um, around 100 at the time Kendall Sheffield was in, in great position to make a play and just had no ball skills and couldn't make a play on the ball. But he has good coverage skills. You know, he, he, he's there. He, he, he's a blanket. He's just got to grow some hands. But, uh, he's, but, hey, we know the NFL loves guys that can run, so I, I bet he'll still be either a late second-day or early third-day pick. Uh, before we move on to spring ball, which is going to be the crux of the show here, um, that, you know, that you touched on this a little bit with Dwayne Haskins, but the biggest debate in sports right now, it seems like, at least in the NFL, is Haskins or Murray. Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins, who's going to go first? seems like everybody's split. Um, what do you think will happen? Because the Arizona Cardinals will ultimately, you know, it's not going to be like they're going to pull the 32 NFL teams to see who they like the best. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals could be the only one that thinks Kyler Murray's the best, and they might take him. But what do you think will happen, Steve, and what do you think should happen between Murray and Haskins? Well, I think Nick Bose is the number one pick. I think, you know, whether that's Arizona or not, if Arizona trades down or whatever, I mean, Nick Bosa is just an absolute freak. I mean, what he's able to do, he had 29 reps 
on the bench press, I believe, and that came just a few months after he had surgery on his core muscle. And he got into more details about that. But to me, <laughs> he's just an absolute freak. And people were beginning his 40 time. And then Rich uh, Eisen and the boys at NFL Network platted up there how he was, uh, was it turned out, about a half second, or not a half second, about five hundredths of a second faster than his brother, uh, Joey, who is the fastest player to 20 sacks in the history of the league. So I don't think a 4-8, whatever it was, 40, held back Joey Bosa, and I don't think it will hold back Nick Bosa. Uh, Nick Bosa had the third best 10-yard split among defensive ends, and that's really what you're looking at. If he has to run more than 10 yards to find the quarterback, that's 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 somebody else's problem. That's not the defensive end's issue. So, um, to me, uh, that is uh, the number one pick. As for who should go ahead of who at quarterback, this is the National Football League, Dave. Um, you know, there have been a lot of great college players over the years whose skills and, and level didn't uh, translate to the NFL. RG3, you know. Is Kyler Murray better than RG3? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, who knows? But <laughs> he can tell you <clears throat> there's a lot of guys that look and feel like uh, Dwayne Haskins who've had tremendous success. Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, we can count them down. I mean, guys that are in that range, that height, that size, that arm, uh, <laughs> The track record is there for the, for guys of that size that uh, have won games. This was a stat that came out this weekend that was kind of amazing. Uh, people are like, do you really want to go in the first 10 picks of the draft to a crappy team? And then they point out that guys like Jared Goff did and ended up in the Super Bowl. You know, so um, you don't have to be terrible forever. I mean, if if you've got the right management putting a roster together, you can go in those first five or six picks and end up in the playoffs probably by year three if everything uh, clicks together the right way. So it's not such a negative uh, as maybe it, it used to be with free agency and and good drafts and different things like that. So um, I would go Haskins all day. I mean, the next guy who's 5'10", who, you know <laughs> – Wins big in the National Football League. I guess Russell Wilson. I don't know. I mean, I I just don't see it. And maybe I'm being uh, discriminatory. I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, those running exploits just kind of get negated. When you get in the National Football League, they're just it's just not there. You know, that type of, uh, of a quarterback. I mean, Deshaun Watson's having a little bit of success here and there. But, I mean, I don't know. I just – you get into the biggest of big games and it gets a great defense and it's hard for uh, that type of quarterback to make it happen. It's the National Football League, Steve, which stands for not for long if you keep making plays like that. I'm, uh, that's paraphr <laughs> par paraphrasing the great Jer uh, Jerry Granville there, or Glanville, I yes. should say. Um, uh, when he said, uh, yeah, talking about an official, he said, this is, a, this is the National Football League, and that stands for not for long if you keep making calls like that. Uh, love it. Um, no doubt. Love it. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into spring football practice, kicking off this week for the Buckeyes. Um, first of all, for the listeners out there, we're actually going to be able to bring you like insights on what's going on at practice, not just from what people are telling us, but 
through our own eyes, which is really always a great source, I believe, and I get to watch things with my own eyes. Um, but, but we look at the schedule, Steve. We're going to get to watch several practices this spring, which will be uh, a diversion from the past, certainly. Yeah, it's kind of exciting. I mean, this has kind of come and gone over the years, the amount of access that you get in spring practice. Uh, Cooper was okay with it at times. You got to watch a scrimmage or two every now and then. Trestle was wide open his first year or two, and then they won the national championship and decided that uh, closed gates were better uh, better for them. And, uh, you know, Meyer uh, at times had some things that were open, but by the end of his tenure, just about everything was closed. So uh, we'll get a chance to see a few things here and there with uh, Coach Day in his debut season. I think they want to get things off on the right foot. And uh, certainly, this is a big spring. Uh, as bad as the defense was, you at least have veterans returning on that side of the ball. But uh, offense, you only have four returning starters. You have a brand-new quarterback, a brand-new offensive coordinator. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done this spring if this team expects to be a big championship team and a team that competes for a playoff berth. There is a lot of work that needs to be done. This is not a pat hand by any means. And I think that uh, Ryan Day, <clears throat> excuse me, and his staff understand that, and they're going to get to work on it uh, starting on Wednesday. So expectations for Justin Fields. Can Matthew Baldwin make a push for the job? Quarterback is what everybody wants to know about. Just, uh, again, we'll get to tell people more once we actually get to see these kids throwing the football, especially in live situations. But um, Justin Fields, what do you expect out of him? And, and can Matthew Baldwin push him for the job? Well, Dave, it's interesting. I was in Indianapolis and uh, talked to a guy who covered Georgia uh, this past year, and he had a lot of good things to say about Fields, and he said that uh, there was a little bit of arrogance on his part that they looked at Fromm and said, oh, it's no problem. We're going to go in there and win that job, and it didn't happen. Now, uh, he did play a little bit here and there for Georgia. Uh, They tried to feature him in some packages, kind of like Tate Martell. Uh, I State did, but I didn't see a ton of great results with Fields uh, this past year at Georgia. So this spring is all about development uh, for him with Ryan Day and Mike Yersich, bringing him along and getting him ready to face what could be a 13, 14, 15-game season that he's never been through. So, you know, again, the recruiting ranking out to the left side you know, is great in February, March, April. That's wonderful. But it means nothing when you get to September. And you got to deliver it on the field. And I think that's the thing uh, with fields is we just don't know what we don't know until you get him out there and the bullets are really flying. Is he going to answer the challenge? Is he going to step up? We don't know. But this is the building process right now. This is where they instill him with the confidence. This is where they get all of the uh, the athletic ability and channel that into production. And the guy from Georgia was very excited about what he's going to see with him as a full-time guy at Ohio State. He says he's got some, some tools that he could throw the football. He could definitely run. And now we're going to see if he could put it all together. As uh, our old friend Urban Meyer used to say, I want a tough guy. I want a leader. You know, all these other things because – it's not always going to be 20-yard gains. It's going to be third and six and 
are you going to convert that, either running the ball, lowering your shoulder, getting the first down, or hitting somebody with the, with a clutch pass? So we're going to start to see those intangibles build with this kid this spring. I think people are pretty excited to see uh, where he is from the beginning of spring until the spring game on April the 13th. Is he able to make a leap just in the month of April and get it together to where people could say, yes, this is a guy they could win the national championship with? That's good insights uh, from your conversations with the Georgia reporter there. It's always good. I mean, it's like we know these kids at Ohio State better than anybody. I mean, that's us, not us tooting our horn. We're just around them so much. We follow them from when they've been recruits. We see them at practice. We watch every game. We talk to everybody about them. And if you cover a team, you know those players better than anybody in the country. Um, and getting that insight from the Georgia reporter, very interesting. Um, I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I think Fields is very talented. I think we need to temper expectations. And uh, I think he's going to do well because Ryan Day is going to coach him up and the staff. But uh, I do not think he's going to come close to replicating what Dwayne Haskins did because that was just a record-breaking season. Maybe eventually he can, but not this year. But I do think he's going to do well. Um, all right. Uh, the other main thing, I think, Steve, the other big topic is the defense. I think this defense is going to be really good. Nine returning starters. I like what they did with the defensive staff. Proof's going to be in the pudding. Um, but with all these returning starters, these kids were highly rated kids, and I like the depth, too, on defense, especially on the defensive line. Um, I think this defense can be really good. What are your thoughts? I agree. I think that uh, they've got, uh, it sounds like, four really good coaches that they hired to go with Larry Johnson. Talked to Rashawn Gary at the Combine from Michigan, and uh, he didn't play any of that silly stuff of, oh, he left to go to Ohio State. He loves Greg Madison. He just thinks the world of him, and uh, I'm excited, I guess, to see what uh, what the staff as a whole with Jeff Halfley and uh, Al Washington also coming from Michigan, what these guys can do, what they can put together, I think is going to be uh, exciting. You know, I think uh, uh, we saw the defense struggle at times last year. Everything starts up front, and uh, I think without Nick Bosa, uh, there were some issues that, that occurred because people made plays against the defense. Ohio State still won uh, 13 games, I guess, uh, regardless. But uh, it wasn't entirely because of the defense. It was in large part because of the offense. They need to, to turn that ratio back the other direction where Ohio State is winning games because of great defense. Once again, holding opponents to 10, 13, 14 points. And, uh, you know, score as many as you want, but uh, basically slam the door on people where, you know, the game's over. It's 23 at halftime and, and uh, you know, you don't have a shot. So uh, the defense kept teams in the game into the second half how many times last year? So, uh, yeah, it was just uh, I, I see uh, so much room for improvement. in the linebacker group, uh, either those three guys need to get a lot better or they need three more guys. And I, I say three, but I think Malik Harrison's going to play, and I would assume Tough Borland is going to play. Uh, Pete Werner, I'd consider that job wide open. Uh, Baron Browning, if he's going to play outside, I don't know. Or if Tough Borland's going to play outside, or if they're going to go with some other type of scheme fit to where they can get guys with those skill skills on the field together. I don't know how they're going to do it. You hear talk of a 4-2-5. Uh, perhaps I don't know, but uh, uh, you know Brendan White, uh, Jordan Fuller at safety give you some optimism. Uh, Damon Arnett, you know, big spring, big year for him. 
stayed in school? Is he going to hang on to that job? Is he going to play better? That's the most important thing. And then Akuda Wade, uh, you see brilliance with them at times. But, uh, you know, are they going to put it together and live up to those recruiting rankings? Tyreek Johnson last year was one of the top 20 players in the country and never played, which is kind of interesting at cornerback. I know he may have had an injury issue. But uh, is he healthy? Is he ready to go? Is he going to make a push at cornerback? Um, so there's a lot of questions there. Uh, young guys on defensive line. This is going to be a big year for Larry Johnson or a big spring to bring all those young guys, your, your Togi Eye, your Tyler Friday, your Tawan Vincent, uh, Tyreek Smith. I mean, there's four guys right there who could be starters perhaps a year from now that, uh, you know, all of them got a little a cup of coffee last year. Now who's going to be a breakout guy and push Robert Landers and Devon Hamilton and uh, Jonathan Cooper and Chase Young? Who's going to really, really push those four guys uh, for playing time? Uh, Haskell Garrett, the moving sidewalk is ending. Please look down. He's a junior. Uh, he's got to do it now or never. So, yeah, it's uh, – it's a big spring for some guys. I think that, uh, you know, starting Wednesday, I, I, I mean, I'm going to have my roster. I'm going to say, okay, 54 is who and six is who, and we're going to be out there sorting it down, taking pictures, taking video, taking notes, and uh, hoping to fill in some of the, the, the color between the lines on some of this and get the idea of who's ready to make that move and uh, play at a Big Ten championship caliber level. Great stuff, as always, from Steve Hellwagon. And just real quick for the listeners out there, Ohio State did not land Parker Braun, the grad transfer offensive lineman from Georgia Tech. He's going to Texas. That makes a lot of sense to me. Ohio State wanted to land Jonah Jackson. That was their number one target on the grad transfer market. They landed him. They're still going after Parker Braun, thinking they could redshirt him. He has two years to play one. But Parker Braun is going to Texas. So I want to let everybody know about that since we've been talking about him on the show for the last week. Thanks again to Steve Hellwagon, and thanks to our listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Bye.